Well, you ready for the Word of God? Amen. Amen. You sure you're ready for the Word of God? Are you excited? All right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I get excited to give you the Word of God. I study it all week long. I meditate on it, marinate on, in it, and I said, okay, this is good, Lord. This is really good. Hopefully, hopefully you'll get it. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together. We thank you that, Lord, we can hear your word. We have ears to hear and eyes to see. We thank you, that, Father, that as you impress upon us your written word, it'll mesh and be implanted into our hearts so that we can do those things that you've called us to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're going to start the new series today. It is harvest time, so we're going to talk about seed time and harvest. And this is a universal, this is a foundational uh, principle that never goes away. Did you know that? When God uh, destroyed the earth with the flood with Noah, he made a promise. And let's see what the promise is here in Genesis 8, verse 22. He says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So that's the way it is. We have to plant seeds. You know, when a farmer plants corn, what does he get back? He gets corn. Is that right? If you don't plant, you don't receive. So when we want things from God, we have to plant things into our hearts so that we can receive the promises that he has for us. The Bible really is just a bunch of promises that are seeds that we plant into our heart, the soil of our heart, and then we receive what he's promised to us. You just can't get it out of the air. You have to get it in your heart first, and with the heart, man believes. Praise God. So, um, Jesus came and he exemplified this principle here. Let's look at it. He was telling a parable to a bunch of uh, people that were gathered around. You know what a parable is, don't you? It's an earthly story about a heavenly meaning that he wants to portray to you. So he gathers all these people around, and he talks about scattering seed. He says, i got, you know, the sower sows some seed. And he goes out and he just starts throwing the seed around. Now, in those days, they had a field and they had walkways, they had thorns, they had rocks and things like that. But you couldn't exactly throw it just even on the field. Sometimes it goes over and it goes over into the wayside, sometimes into the rocks, sometimes into the thorns. And some of it goes on good ground. Isn't that good news? So the disciples were listening to this. And so, God, so Jesus is explaining what the principle is. Let's look at the next slide. He says the, 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 one, the seed that falls on the wayside where people walk, the birds came and ate it up. It couldn't grow anything. Then the, some seeds that fell on the stony ground that had no root and it withered away. You can't have you know, seed go into hard ground and, and for it to, to, to blossom. It'll blossom a little bit, but when the heat comes, it withers and it goes away. And then so some fell on, up among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell on good ground and yielded fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. So everybody left, and the disciples go, that was really a good message, but we know all that. <laughs> We're farmers. We know how that works. What's that got to do with the kingdom of God? He says, the kingdom of God is like that. So, you know, Jesus, when he talked, he would speak to the crowds, and some people would go, yeah, that's really a good message. But the other people said, you know, there's something behind that deeper meaning that I need to get. I see this man is speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. I need to get and know more, you know? Sometimes people come up to me and say, Pastor, I got a question for you. What about this, this, and this? They want to know more, right? They just want to hear the, 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 
you know, general. So, so after, the, after they left, the disciples and some people came and said, Jesus, what is the meaning of that parable? And let's see what it says here. He said, some fell by the wayside, some seeds, so Satan comes and takes it away. You know, sometimes you tell people about the gospel, you tell them about Jesus, and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, but not for me. Were you that way? I was that way for a while. Yeah, I know, I need to give my heart to the Lord, but I got things to do. <laughs> One lady kept bothering me. You know, you need to accept the Lord. You know, he's got a plan for you. I said, well, you don't know the plans that I have this weekend. <laughs> and they don't include the Lord. But she kept bothering me, kept looking for me, kept trying to find me. And so finally, I accepted. But initially, your mind says, I don't think I can do that. And then some fell on stony ground. That means affliction and persecution came, and you get offended. In other words, sounds good, Lord, but I prayed, and it didn't seem like anything happened. I had a mother that died. I had a brother that was sick, and we prayed, and God didn't do what he was supposed to do. So I don't think I really want to follow you. It doesn't work. You ever hear people say, I tried the word of God. It just doesn't work. How could it not work? It says he watches over his word to perform it in our lives. And some fell among thorns. And here's where a lot of us fall. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire of other things choke out the word. You know, we, uh, I know I need to read my Bible, but, you know, I got things. I got to go to work. I got things to do. The ball game's on. I can't exactly, you know, find time to do that. I got family issues, desire of other things. You know, I just can't do it. I'm, I'd like to go to church on Sunday, but, you know, I'm busy. I'm tired. Can't go. That will uh, choke out the word. You know that the, the Lord works. You know the Lord wants to be with you, but you just have these other things that are crowding it out. Amen? But some fell on good ground and yielded fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. That's good news, isn't it? Well, what kind of fruit is that? That means you have love, joy, peace. People want to be around you. They see the, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. They want to, you know, hang out with you and, and pick your fruit, pick your joy. Some, some people you just like being around. They're just friendly, they're loving, they're kind, they say good things, right? Now, some people like to throw their fruit at you. <laughs> you need to just get right, you know? <laughs> I love you, brother, but come on. <laughs> and that's not going to work, is it? Not going to work. So uh, he said, now, let's, let's look at this. In Mark, the next uh, slide, Mark 4, 26 through 28. Now, this is how the seed works. When you take a promise, you take the Word of God and you put it into your heart, it will grow. Whatever the promise is, that's what will happen in your life. If you want love, if you want mercy, if you want kindness, you speak that Word, you let it come into your heart, and here's how it works. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed on the ground. That seed is, uh, the ground is your heart, and you shall sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow he himself does not know how <laughs> you put that seed in the inside of you you meditate on it meditate means mutter speak it out think about it it starts to filter into your heart it starts to grow and all of a sudden you are kind you are loving you are generous you are forgiving how i don't know 
It's in the seed. The seed is the word of God that when it's planted in you, it'll do what it says it'll do. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. It's automatic. Once you put that seed in there, it'll grow. When you put seed out in the grass, guess what? It happens. Not right away, right? But little by little, time by time, it, it, it happens, okay? So now, um, the next, next slide talks about going back to Genesis. God's talking. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to the kind whose seed is in itself and the earth, and it was so on. In other words, the seed will produce what you put in. If you plant corn, you get corn. You want apples, you get apples. But you know what? It doesn't come just, you, you don't plant one seed and get one apple. You plant a seed and you get a tree and you get a lot of fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, it's difficult. Let's look at this. It's difficult to plant seed, isn't it? I mean, it's like <laughs> when you meditate on the Word of God, you, there's a lot of scriptures. You've got to get one scripture and say, okay, I'm going to meditate on this one right here. You put it right there. Praise the Lord. And then it'll grow if you tend your garden, right? If you keep out all the things that are trying to infiltrate, choke out the word, sometimes people will offend you and that spirit, that seed gets on the inside of you and that dictates how you're going to be. Did you know that? You know, people that are molested, they, they carry that spirit and they molest others. People that, you know, have anger, nobody in this house, no Italians in here that, you know. <laughs> I want to tell you, huh? <laughs> whatever spirit you have, <laughs> whatever you pick up, you know, if you're hurt or if you're rejected, somehow you carry that with you and then you hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, right? So you have to watch your garden and so it'll grow like this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not, they, some, somebody messed up, right? You could be like 30, 40, 50 years old and you go like, and you call yourself a Christian? You're not even taking care of your heart. You're not even, where's your dedication? Where's your devotions? What, this, is, this is the way you are? You're a mess. <laughs> Everybody pretty quiet in here. <laughs> but this is the way you're supposed to look. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Look good, feel good, smell good. Praise the Lord. So let's look at this, that five deceptive excuses on why we can't be all that we're supposed to be in the Lord. You got that? Okay, here they are. Five, next one, five deceptive, deceptive excuses. I'm okay the way I am. You don't like me? <laughs> Tough. <laughs> no one will ever find out the way I am. It's secret. Ooh, in the sitting, secret corners. No one get hurt. The, you know, what I do doesn't affect anybody. Is that true? No. no. That's just the way I am. I was made this way, born this way, and I'm going to die this way. <laughs> right? Or I can do that someday. You know, someday never happens. You know that? <laughs> so let's look at some pictures here. I'm okay. You, you, you remember that book, I'm okay, you're okay? No? 1972? Anybody born after that? <laughs> Thank you. I'm okay, you're okay. Uh, 
It's a book that, that they want to just, you know, make excuses for the way they are. I'm okay. I'm good. I've been doing it this way for a long time. Don't bother me. Don't get too introspective. I'm okay. You, you think you're okay until you get married. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when you're single, no one's bothering you. No one's telling you that you're doing something wrong. But when you get married, it's like, why did you do that? And what were you thinking when you did that? So you have to, you know, adjust to yourself. And then, so then they wrote another book, said, I'm okay, you're not okay. Okay. <laughs> How many of you use that excuse? I'm okay. Don't bother me. I, I, I'm, I'm at a certain age right now. I've made it this far. I'm not going to change. <laughs> Anybody like that? See, we don't like to admit to our weaknesses because when you have to dig down and do a self-examination, you find things that you don't want to you know, deal with. It's too hard to change. Can't I just live the way I am? Do I have to change? And then the second uh, excuse is no one will ever find out. I'm just, I'm just on the internet. No one will know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just out on a business trip. No one will know where I go. It's just quiet, quiet. Do, do you know this? I, I, I was hesitant to say this, but when they have Christian meetings and gatherings and pastors are there and everything, they, the hotels say that the uh, R-rated movies and all the stuff goes up. <laughs> Unheard of. Not supposed to be. But they think no one will ever find out. <laughs> but God knows. And God, you know what else? God knows even what you're thinking. That, that's embarrassing, isn't it? You'd be thinking something, God said, what are you thinking? Nothing. I'm not. <laughs> Just, you want me to change it? <laughs> yeah. Please, change the channel. Then the next excuse is, no one will get hurt. And I, you know, we took a picture of Rebecca in class here. <laughs> she gave me permission to, to use this, kind of. But we say it only impacts us. It, it has to be okay, because I'm the only one that's doing this. But actually, it affects God as well. And we don't realize how things affect other people. The way you are affects other people. If you're not healthy and whole, it affects them. Okay, the fourth excuse, that's just the way I am. <laughs> Some people use this forever, huh? I was made this way. It's, it, you can't change it. It's ir, not changeable, unchangeable. It's just part of my nature. Simply something that can't be fixed. Just the way I'm wired. But are we supposed to stay that way? No, we have to what? Be conformed into the image of Christ. We have to know how to let his word come into our heart, change our thinking, change our thoughts. And usually we don't change unless some devastating thing happens. We might have a sickness. We might have something that happened on our job. And we say, okay, Lord, I, I, I'll be good. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And then you start changing, right? All of a sudden, you're the sweetest person in the whole world. You know how your kids, when they want something? Yes, Mom. Wh whatever you want, Mom. Yeah, sure. Love you, Mom. <laughs> they want something, right? So we, we can't be 
uh, uh, just a mess. The Bible says that he who has begun a good work in us will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then here's the last excuse that we have. I can do that someday. People tell me, I'll come to your church someday. I go, someday is not on the calendar. You know, is, it, is that April, May? When is someday? You know, it's not on a road sign. It's not <laughs> on anything. Uh, you ever seen a sign like that? Someday, you know, you're going to do it. But someday just makes you feel good. Oh, it settles what I'm going through now, and hopefully in the future I'll change. But I don't really think I am. I just said someday, over the rainbow, right? Something's going to happen. So we have to take out these excuses. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at this uh, James 1.21. So God is telling us, you ready for this? You ready to get down deep now and get some things accomplished? Because I'm going to give you some, some tips and some examples on how you can be strong in the Lord. But James 1.21 says, Wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superflu superfluity of naughtiness. You ever tell somebody that? You need to stop with your superfluity of naughtiness. You know, it's just, it's just really bothering me. <laughs> and receive with meekness the engrafted word, the implanted word. You have to have that word of God work in your life. In every situation that you're facing, at home, uh, on the job, when you play basketball, praise the Lord. Can I get an amen in there? All right. <laughs> Which is able to save your souls, your mind, keep you whole. You have to have peace when you're doing things. Praise the Lord. So in James 1.22, the next slide, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Are you able to do it or just hear it? Oh, it sounds good, Pastor Chuck. I like that you're preaching good. If I could only do it, now I can't do it. You know, you walk outside, you have something nice to eat, and you forget all about it. You know, I remember one time my wife and I, uh, early in marriage, and we had a little disturbance, a little disagreement. And uh, I just couldn't get her into understanding, you know, what I was trying to tell her. Anyway, so I, I was mad, and usually I don't get this mad, but I said, I need to just go and take a little ride. And so I went riding, and I heard the Lord speak to my heart. He says, are you going to be a doer of the word or just a hearer only? Are you going to teach this only, or are you going to do it? I'm going to do it, but not right now. I'm just not really ready to do this. And I hear it again. Do you, are you going to just teach us, or are you going to do it? I said, I'm going to do it, but I can't do it right now. Can you give me a little time? And he said, are you going to teach it? The third time I knew I was in trouble. Are you going to teach it only, or are you going to do it? I go, I'll do it, but I don't know. I don't have any faith. I don't know how it's going to work out. I'll do it, okay? I'll do it. So I sent, went to the flower shop. The Bible says, do good, you know, to those that do evil to you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> was that the right... Was that the right scripture? No. no? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I said, I'll go, go, I'll go to the flower shop, and I'll get her some flowers. That will make, you know, that's a step in the right direction. So I went in there, and I said, okay, give me some flowers, but I don't want to spend a lot of money on this. You know, I just want to make sure we do what we're supposed to do. So we got some, I don't know what it was, some color. I go, blue, she likes blue, and then I go, well, you need some white to offset it, and you need some green in there, and I'm starting to get happy, and I'm going like, oh, what am I doing? I, I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm mad. And so I, I 
finally got it, and I said, Lord, I'm taking it to her in faith, just believing that your word is true. And sure enough, I got home, and she was talking on the phone, and she was telling somebody, yeah, my husband and I, sometimes we get in arguments, but we love each other. And then she looks around and goes, and here's my husband right now with flowers. And so we, you know, kissed, and everything was fine, and we just had a good old time. I didn't even know what we were arguing about. But God is good all the time. He'll talk to you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. Okay, here's seven things. You ready to take these seven things home to be strong in the Lord? In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19, it says what? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And quench not the spirit. Those are four things. We're going to go three in a minute. But uh, the thing is, these are not just suggestions. This is not like if you can, if you want to, if you feel like it. This is like a command. It's imperative. It's in the present state. You have to keep on doing it. Keep on doing what? Rejoice evermore. Let's see a picture of this. Rejoice evermore. What are you rejoicing about? God's on the throne. Jesus has defeated our enemies. We have peace and joy with him. He's on our side. We have a place reserved for us in heaven. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's the problem? It's all good, right? All things work together for the good to them that love God and call according to his purpose. Praise God. When I first see a problem, I go, I know God can fix this. I know he can. Whether it be health, whether it be situations, relationships, jobs, whatever. And I think I got that from my dad. He was a mechanic. And so he could fix stuff. And I could break stuff. <laughs> so we'd be playing baseball, and uh, they throw me an inside pitch, and I just turned and hit the ball right into the neighbor's window. And I looked at it, and I, my friends just took off. They all, everyone ran for the hills. And I'm just sitting there with a bat in my hand. I'm going like, oh, my God. But I know my dad could fix it. I've never seen him fix a window before. But he got me down there, and he said, okay, Charles, let me show you how to do this because I think you're going to do it again. <laughs> so this way you'll learn how to do it, and we fixed it, and everything was fine. So I know that no matter what problem I get into, whatever situation that I find myself in, God. <laughs> yes, God can fix it. There's nothing that you can do that God can't fix. You're not more powerful than him. But all you have to do is lean towards him, ask him to help you. So what we do, we rejoice in everything. Is that right? What is, what's that scripture It says? Rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. Again, I say rejoice. Like Paul and Silas, they're in prison, right? They're captured. They're beating on their backs. It's midnight. What do they do? Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I say rejoice. Okay, here's another one. Pray without ceasing. Do we do that? We have to continue to pray. And we pray with a joyful heart. It, 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 it's a habit that you get. Where you, we call it don't hang up the phone. Keep your heart open. Just keep talking to the Lord about the little things, the big things, the good things, the bad things. Just keep talking. <laughs> God's a talker. He'll talk to you. He'll show you. He'll tell you. So many times he just whispers to you and says, okay, do this, do that. And... Um, and, and, and so you pray wherever you're at, even at work. How many times I, met, I was at work at Kaiser, and I said, oh, man, I can't balance this, Lord. How can I do this? Help me. And sure enough, bing, 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 it happens. 
How did he do that? He superimposes his knowledge and his wisdom upon me. Okay, next scripture, it says, in, uh, next slide says, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, but it says in everything. So you may be in a situation, you go like, I'm not really happy about this, but I'm going to give thanks in it. And this is, this is a picture of a concentration camp in Germany. What a lovely picture this is. <laughs> How would you like to be there? Corey Tin Boom was there for over 10 years, suffering. And uh, she was with her sister, and the, they said, the Bible says in everything, give thanks. How can we give thanks? Because what happened is they had all these fleas that were getting on them. And they had no soap or, or disinfectant to, to take care of it. So they had to live with these fleas on them in, the, in these barracks. That's terrible, isn't it? So they said, well, we got to give thanks to the Lord in everything. So they gave thanks. Later on, they found out that the guards were molesting the ladies, and, but they wouldn't go into this barrack because it had fleas. <laughs> so the fleas were protecting them from being molested. So in everything, give thanks to the Lord. Praise God. Next thing. Quench not the Spirit. What does that mean? That means enjoy the Spirit of the Lord. Enjoy what God is doing in church. Sometimes we have a glorious service. Things are going well. And somebody will say, well, I don't know. I, I didn't like the praise and worship so good. <laughs> Seems like you guys messed up on the announcements. You, you know, didn't, didn't. Come on, don't quench the Spirit. You know, you can have a service where some people say it's the greatest service they ever had, and some people say, man, it was a mess. It's just on how you draw out what you can from. Don't quench the spirit. The Lord's trying to speak and go through us, you know, our, our physicalities. Praise God. So these are, these are four things. Rejoice. So check and ask yourself, am I rejoicing every more, or do I have just a, you know, lump on a log and just sucking prunes and... Sad all the time. Lily told me, you look sad today, Pastor Shaka. Oh, no, I, I, I'm not sad. <laughs> I got to get my rejoicing up. Pray without ceasing. God will answer your prayers. In everything, give thanks. In everything. In every marriage. Hallelujah. Give thanks. Glory to God. Quench not the spirit. Okay, three more. You ready? Despise not prophesying. Prove all things Hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. So the prophesying is the word of God. Let's see the picture. See, you can prophesy to your kids. You can tell them you can be the best child at school. You can overcome all the situations that you're facing. You can get good grades. You know, my, my wife, my son, he, in first grade, he got, was it, four A's and one B or two B's, something like that. And my wife just said to him, you can get all A's, Charles, if you want. Really? And from that moment forward, he got all A's. Grade school, high school, college, uh, law school. What, how did he do that? Just a word, a prophecy over you. You can, you can do it, right? You can do all things who Christ, who strengthens you. So here we have this woman speaking over her daughter, giving her confidence. You can do it. You can overcome. You can make friends with that person that's mean to you. Praise God. Praise God. Then the next one is... Hold fast that which is good. Do good things. This is LeBron James, I think, um, on the off-season, isn't it? No? No, that's not LeBron. Okay. Looked a little bit like him. No. He does kind of look like him. I thought he did, yeah. 
That's something LeBron would do, wouldn't it? Is it something you would do? Help a lady do whatever she has to do. He took time to help her. It says, hold fast that which is good. Do some good things. You know, I'm so thankful for, for Rudy. He's taught me how to go out and feed the poor. Every time we have extra food here and we have, you know, plates, I go to the park, I pretend like I'm Rudy. <laughs> I do a Rudy deed and I say, hey guys, you guys ready for breakfast? Yeah, 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 we've seen you before. Yeah, yeah, and I give them the food and you feel good in your heart because what does the Bible say? Jesus said, uh, if you feed someone, you fed me. If you go visit someone in the hospital, you've visited me. So you have, to, you have to get some good things in your life. Do some good deeds. And I know God is keeping track of our good deeds. Did you know that? Yes. I'm not keeping track of them. I got somebody up in heaven, an angel that's registering. Okay, one day at the park, praise the Lord, one day visiting, visiting in the hospital. And then when you get to heaven, you get a crown for all the good deeds that you've done. That's good news. I know when I first got saved... You know, I was 30 years old, and I said, don't, don't come yet, Lord. I don't have any good deeds. Give me some time. Give me at least a year to accumulate some good things that I've done for him. Amen? We need to think like that. You don't think about it now, but when you get to heaven, you go, like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't get anybody saved. Didn't talk to anybody. Didn't pray for anybody. Didn't go to any hospital. Didn't help out with food. I didn't do nothing. I didn't even, I didn't even sign up for Operation Christmas Child. I don't know why. I should have. That's why we, we come to present these things to you. So there's a fine line between pastoring and pestering. You know, we, 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 we push you to do good things. All right. The last thing is abstain from all appearance of evil. Ooh. Do you know any of these people? They take delight in doing evil things talking bad about people. Are you talking bad about me? No. no. Mm -mm. Just, just giving information so we can pray for you, Pastor. <laughs> we're with you. <laughs> as long as you're doing good, we're with you. <laughs> if you do bad, I don't know. We're not with you anymore. <laughs> but you have to abstain from all appearance of evil. You know, some pastors, they won't even go into a liquor store because they said somebody will look at him and say, oh, you know, pastor, I don't know what he was doing in there. <laughs> so some places you just don't want to be seen at, and you want to be seen doing good. And then guess what happens? Last slide, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Are you learning anything about this? Are you getting... Says, uh, if you do all these things, these are seven things that you got to do all the time, present tense, continually. What are they? Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Do good. Abstain from evil. And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly, make you clean. Ooh, isn't that good news? Don't you want to be sanctified and be clean on the inside? Be pure, be holy, so people can acknowledge you and say, you know, you're a godly man. You're a good man. I can tell by the way you are. You, can't you just tell that when you see somebody? You can tell whether they're good or not. Some people can fool you, though, but, you know. If by the Spirit, you can tell. And I can tell when I go into a, a restaurant or a retail business, and I can tell people, I go, you're a Christian, aren't you? He goes, yeah. How can you tell? I go, well, you're kind, but it's not just kind. It's a godly kind. It's a kind that, you know, I can feel in the Spirit. We have to portray that 
Because what does it say? That they, they will know that we are his disciples by our love. So the very God of peace sanctify you holy. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? That we, you want to be pure, you want to be holy, you want to be blameless? Do these seven things and you can uh, see God work in your life and you can have the wholeness that comes from him. Amen? Let's just bow our heads. Father, we just thank you. As we come before you today, as we hear your directives and your imperatives for us to do, we engraft them into our hearts so that we may know that you are able to do those things when we put these practices into place. We put these principles into practice. And so, Father, I just thank you that as people have heard this, they're able to receive it, they're able to do it, and watch you work greatly in their behalf. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.